UGC. Outdated or essential? Cut through the noise and reveal the truth with our free ebook created in collaboration with VideoWise. Learn proven strategies to encourage customer reviews, leverage email marketing for sales, and boost conversion rate by 9.2%. Download the ebook for free at flowing.com/ugc. In this episode, we'll be actually discussing how you can improve your current and future customer relationship and increase your customer retention rate and hopefully customer lifetime value through email flows. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Flowium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Flowium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Email Einstein. Vera and Elisa here. We are two email marketers at an email marketing agency called Flowium. We are so passionate about email marketing, and because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. We specialize in providing a premium, full service e commerce email marketing experience for all of our clients. Our service is tailored specifically for your business and is designed to help increase your online retail revenue by 20 to 50, that's five zero percent. We deliver the right message to the right person at the right moment. That's what we're all about here at Flowium and on this podcast. You will hear us say this forever and a day. We love delivering the right message to the right person at the right moment. And today is part two of last week's episode. So spoiler alert, if you did not listen to last week's episode, episode number 31, that's part one of today. So if you're just tagging on today, you might be a little confused, a little, just a little. So make sure that you listen to last week and then come back and listen to this one. (laughs) Cool. And just to give you some background, guys, in our previous episode, we talked about the ways to drive sales on autopilot through email marketing flows. But last week, we talked mainly about that sweet honeymoony stages of when your customers first join your list and they are getting to know you, getting to know your brand. So we talked a lot about pre-purchase flow, about good old abandonment cart flow, browse abandonment flow. So if you want to learn more about those crucial big money making flows go back to episode number 31 now let's talk about what happens after that honeymoon stage of your relationship with your customer (laughs) is over start sending emails that generate revenue on autopilot Our step-by-step course will show you how to create highly engaging email automations that can add up to 50% to your revenue. Check it out at flowing.com slash LC. Yes, the first 90 days after becoming a customer are critical to establish trust, to get to know you and for a customer to get to know like your brand and for you to get to know your customer. But what happens after? Unfortunately, many e-commerce stores are focused mainly on getting that first sale. They are focused mainly on customer acquisition and not so much on customer retention. And in this episode, we'll be actually discussing how you can improve your current and future customer relationship and increase your customer retention rate and hopefully customer lifetime value through email flows. So let's talk about some later stages 
in your customer's journey. So Elisa, the very first flow that we will be talking today is the post-purchase flow for returned customer. So tell us a bit about it. How is it different from regular post-purchase flow and why everyone should have it? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, if you have reached this phase where a customer is now going through a post-purchase flow that is not your first-time buyer post-purchase flow, congratulations. You have reached a very major milestone. One of the biggest achievements, I think, as a brand, honestly, is getting these customers to come back and make a second purchase. It's something that we try really hard to do or to achieve and accomplish through that initial post-purchase first-time buyer flow. But if for whatever reason they don't take advantage of it then and they do it later or they do take advantage of it then and now they're finding themselves going through this post-purchase flow for repeat customers, huge congratulations to you. Again, you've achieved a major milestone. Now, here's the thing that we find a lot of our clients and a lot of brands in general fall short is making sure that you're consistently and constantly nurturing and engaging with that customer even though they've achieved this major milestone. When someone makes a repeat purchase from you, it's very likely that they will continue to make repeat purchases from you, which will then eventually turn them into loyal customers and hopefully turn them into VIP customers. We talked about segmentation within the last couple of episodes. I believe it was episode 30, where we talked about specific segmentation that kind of groups your customers into different phases, whether it's high frequency and high volume and average order value, or it's high frequency, low order value, whatever it is, we're now entering into that stage of you have a solid customer base. But what are the steps that you need to take in order to nurture these people? So biggest difference from the post-purchase for first-time buyers is for this flow in particular, you are not as concerned about converting them to make that repeat purchase because again, they've made it already and so it's very likely that they will continue. However, one of the things that you don't want to miss out on in this flow is the opportunity to continue to nurture and engage with that customer. Here at Flowium, our strategy around this is usually to create one or two emails within this flow that's just basically thanking and acknowledging the fact that this customer has made their second purchase. I personally like to kind of expand off of this for a lot of my clients and I'll create a two-time buyer flow for people who have made their second purchase with the brand. But then sometimes I'll also create a recurring purchase flow that will target customers who have made a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, etc. purchase from the brand. The main key to note for these particular post-purchase flows is it's very important to regularly change up the content that's taking place in these flows, making sure that it's up to date, making sure that it's engaging, because as people continue to make purchases, if they're getting that same email over and over and over again, you're going to create email fatigue for those customers. Now, I don't think it's enough of a deterrent for them to not continue purchasing with you in the future. However, it's just not good practice. (laughs) It comes across as lazy. It seems like you did a a set it and forget it kind of strategy internally, which yeah, it is lazy to be totally frank with you. So a few ideas of what to include for these post-purchase flows for repeat customers. First thing is most definitely acknowledging the loyalty that this customer has with your brand. That's huge. We've said it time and time again. Customers want to know that they are valued, that they are seen and they are heard by your brand. A really good kind of opportunity within this flow is to include like a personalized content list 
text-based email. That's all text directly from your CEO or your marketing director or your sales director or whoever it makes the most sense for it to come from. So then that way you have this direct engagement from a higher up in your brand who's recognizing this customer. Those emails tend to have a lot of impact on customers where they think, wow, I just got a personalized letter or email from the CEO of this company because I made my third purchase or whatever it is. So that's something that's really, really important to consider when you're creating this flow. If there's any additional blog content, any additional content, anything that you can add in there that will add value to your customer's life (laughs) in general, throw that in there, but make sure it's not a repeat or a duplicate of something that's included in another flow. You wanna try and make these emails a little different because these people are on their way to becoming a VIP customer. So you want to treat them a little nicer than what you would for a first time customer or a potential customer or someone who completely lost interest in your brand and is now in the win back flow. So making sure that you're staying creative and up to date on this kind of a flow or these types of flows. I do it in the sense of a two-time buyer and then repeat or recurring customer. You can separate it into as many different ways as you want. You can do a post-purchase flow for a two-time buyer and then one for a five-time buyer and then one for a seven-time buyer. However you want to split it up, that makes the most sense for your brand. I would suggest going down that route. Now, obviously it'll take a little more time, a little more detail, a little more effort, but you will see really solid return on these emails, not necessarily financially speaking or revenue wise, but your customers will just feel like you're engaging with them in a way that's really appropriate for where they're at in their life cycle with you. Um, So making sure that the post-purchase for first-time customers is super, super, super important. And I think we've talked about this one in the sense that it's like Harry Potter, <laughs> that, meta- <laughs> that metaphor yeah. between the post-purchase for first-time buyers and Harry Potter. But the post-purchase flow for repeat customers sometimes I think is even more important because you are gratifying and nurturing those people that are going to keep coming back for more from you. Acquiring a new customer is usually way more expensive than just maintaining a current customer that you have. So making sure that you're placing a lot of focus on those current customers, making them loyal, turning them into VIPs and doing everything that you can to salvage them and retain them as much as possible. So then that way you can have, again, a larger and more loyal customer base. So that is the post-purchase flow for repeat customers, whether it's two-time, three-time, four-time, whatever it is. Um, Make sure that you don't exclude that from your marketing strategy because you will be missing out on a major, major engagement opportunity with your customers. Yeah. And in fact, it costs like five times as much to attract a new customer than to keep an existing one, just like you, Alisa, mentioned, which goes to show like that re-engaging past purchasers is very, very, very important. And I feel like a lot of brands basically neglect those people who have placed second, third order, fourth order, yet these are probably your most loyal customers. These are the people who actually want to hear from you. So why neglecting them? So the next um, sort of series that we do recommend to have for everyone is the Winback series flow. So Winback email is basically a message that you can use to reach out to your inactive customers. Uh, who are your inactive customers? So these are the people who has engaged with your company in the past. They made a purchase, they opened emails, they participated in your surveys, whatever. But for some reason, they stopped doing it for like a certain amount of time. Now, that time of inactivity, it may be different 
different for each and every brand. So when do you want to send that WinBack email? So generally you can use a WinBack for customer after like we do it after as little as, as like 60 days for some brands, but for some brands, this inactivity period might be like a year. If you're again, going back to our mattress example, if you are selling mattresses, even if someone haven't purchased from you within a year, it doesn't mean that they will not come back just because that customer journey with your brand when you're selling products like mattresses is longer. That's why an activity should be defined by two factors. First factor, when someone last opened an email from you and when someone last purchased. So even if they are opening your emails, but they haven't purchased anything, they are still considered to be active customers. So don't uh, delete them from your list. So what to say in that win back flow? The major thing that you want to try to do is to encourage people to make that repeat purchase. Think about it. If a customer makes one purchase and never makes one again, or they um, used to purchase frequently and stopped, there must be a reason, right? So in that win back flow, we want to address those possible reasons. So what to send, what to say in that flow. Most people limit themselves to one winback campaign. Most brands limit themselves to one winback campaign. So like once a few months, they are sending campaign to inactive customers saying like, hey, come back and we will not disappoint. Well, it's a good start, but we recommend automating everything and we recommend doing a series of two to five emails. Like think about it. If you only send one email, you only have have one chance to get your customers to come back. Yeah. But if you're sending five emails with like different offers, with different, basically five emails where you're addressing five different uh, problems that might be preventing your customer from purchasing, your chances are much higher. So here is the typical email sequence that we are using. Email number one, depending on your branding, you can either say um, just like send the good old hello email where you remind people about your existence. So this is <laughs> the email that will get some people to start interacting with your message again. So you can say something like, hello, um, long time no see, how can we help you? Here is our, I don't know, like FAQ page in, in case you have any questions. Here is our uh, customer sales rep. You can talk to them about life or about socks that we are selling, whatever. So email number two, if they haven't interacted with you, try to win them back with some sort of exclusive and very important time sensitive offer. If a hello wasn't enough, offer them some sort of like a little nudge. So maybe it can be like 15% discount. Maybe it can be buy one, get one 50% off. Maybe it can be not even like a dollar discount. Maybe you can offer them to purchase the products in bundles, whatever. Just make sure that it feels very exclusive and also give them some sort of time frame. So say something like this discount will expire within 48 hours. Believe me, we've tested it a lot of a lot of times when you don't give people that time frame, they just don't act on that discount. I know it sounds salesy. Some people like to give their customers more like freedom to decide when they want to use their discount. But time frame is very, very expensive. Uh, very, <laughs> not expensive, very important. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And also if they haven't purchased anything after that email where you provided them some sort of discount, just send them a quick reminder. 
email number three can be something as simple as, hey, here's the, here's the discount. It expires tonight when the clock goes to midnight or whatever. It sounds a bit Cinderella-like, <laughs> but it does work. It does work in the world of email marketing. So offer reminder, very important. Email number four, totally optional email four, five, and six. But try to engage with them with some sort of like engaging and relevant content. Hey, maybe they don't want to purchase from you at this point. Maybe they need to hear more about that product. Maybe they need to hear more about your brand. Try to provide some value. That's something that we are emphasizing a lot in our podcast. Try to give something before you ask for something. So don't bombard them with sales emails only. If you are selling, I don't know, if you're selling mascara or if you're selling like lash serum, send them an email with five easy ways to grow their lashes or brows naturally. And one of those ways can be using your product. Don't be too, too aggressive, but try to provide some sort of value. And email number five, and again, this is totally optional. You can go even more aggressive with the offer. These five emails, they should not be sent one after another. Maybe you can wait a few days between them, wait like two, three days. Then for email number five for aggressive offer, you can wait for as long as like 30 days. I don't know. But if they haven't used the first offer, just offer them something different. Maybe give them some sort of like a different offer for a different product. It can be higher discount for the specific product. Yeah. Or you can test out a completely different approach towards discount. So try to offer them something different. And again, email number six, reminder, we always try to pair the offer email with some sort of reminder just to give people that other opportunity to use the discount in case they forgot about it. So again, Winback series is very important. Here's the fun statistic. Actually, 45% of customers that get a Winback email will open your future emails. So yes, these people might not be engaging with your brand as much as you want them to, but they are still there. They're still on your list and there is still a big opportunity to convert them back, to get them back onto your list and to make them your future customer. Yeah. So don't ignore winback flow. It's a very important one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the just going back to the, the coupon code thing that you had mentioned, Vera, just so that people understand, like I've had clients in the past that are like, no, we don't care about the coupons. Just let them roll forever and people can use them whenever. That's such a detriment to you because you're basically getting rid of the sense of urgency that you should be giving to your customers. When you provide an offer, it should be like, a, if you don't do this now, it's not going to be here forever. So take advantage of it now. It sets urgency. It keeps your email and your offer top of mind. And again, if you don't add the urgency, people will forget about it and then they won't capitalize on the offer. You won't capitalize on the offer you're providing and you miss out on the sale. So just be very intentional about how you offer these coupon codes because one, they should always be dynamic. I mean, that's the biggest thing, but that's another mm -hmm. story for another day. But the time constraint should absolutely be there. And as Vera mentioned with this Winback series, it should almost be kind of split up into two parts where you have the initial offer and then you give the customer some space and then you provide another offer way later on down the line. So Vera, I think correct me if I'm wrong, I think the way that we set up our Winback currently, this is just the standard is 
after 60 days of inactivity, then we send that win back email. Mm -hmm. We do the intro, we do the offer, we do the offer reminder. And then 30 days later, we do another offer is usually how we do it. Again, just to give that customer space Mm -hmm. to breathe if they're not taking advantage of your initial offer. Yeah, I see you, but I don't want to buy anything from you. Give them some space, hit them again. And if they don't, then they go into another another kind of cycle altogether. So Yeah. yeah, I love the win back flow. It's one that I think sometimes we need to put more priority on with our customers because they're like, ah, it's whatever. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. (laughs) You convert so many people with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was actually surprised with open rates, click through rates, and obviously the revenue that this flow brings. I didn't expect it to be as good. So it surprises me every time. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Okay, so for flow number three, that's part of these later stages. And I would say this is probably, yeah, it would apply for a later stage, but it's also more of an advanced flow that gets set up. So this is the back in stock flow. This obviously has to do with inventory. If you are a brand that struggles a bit with inventory, you 1000% need a flow like this in place. If you don't necessarily struggle with inventory, you probably still need a flow like this in place. But um, yeah, this is for, for for all the brands out there that that have the the inventory struggle all the time. So obviously when one of your products unexpectedly sells out or expectedly sells out because you have limited inventory, customers are usually disappointed if they're not pissed. <laughs> Let's just be quite frank about this, obviously. And it's really reassuring to the customer to either know, hey, this, this product is never coming back. And at that point, the back in stock doesn't apply. But if this is a, a staple product to your brand, it's really reassuring for the customer to know, hey, we will have this back in stock. So if you don't have any personal experience with this within your own e-commerce brand, usually what you'll see some companies do is when something is out of sale, out of stock rather, um, and the customer can't purchase it, they'll have an option on that product page to let the customer know when this item is back in stock. So again, it just provides that reassurance for the customer like, hey, you know, we don't have it right now, but don't worry, we will have it in stock at a later date and we'll notify you when we do. So then the customer is able to input their email, they're all happy, this is the size, this is the color I want, whatever it is, and then they submit their request, which is really great. If you don't have something like that in place, I would strongly recommend putting something like that in place because you are now at a very high risk of losing both your customer's goodwill and their revenue because they wanted their that product, you don't have it, so how are you gonna remedy it? How are you gonna make it better? So. Again, you collect the information of your interested shoppers on this out of stock product, and then you reach out to them when you have the restock. So then that way they can come back and actually complete their purchase. So let's go over kind of like the specific logistics of how this back in stock flow works because it is a little bit different to how most flows are set up. So the back in stock flows, again, they appear differently than most other metric triggered flows. They have a back in stock delay component, for example, which is very unique to this particular flow because other flows are basically time delayed. But this one is delayed based on when the item comes back in stock, which is actually a very special special metric that exists in Klaviyo specifically. So this is actually something that Klaviyo rolled out, gosh, about three years ago. So it's still relatively new, which is very cool, very exciting feature. So when your customer subscribes to an out-of-stock product on your site, the event gets tracked on their profile internally in Klaviyo that says subscribe to back in stock. So for those that subscribe to a back in stock alert, they will automatically enter your flow triggered based off of this event that was tracked on their profile. I'm getting a 
little technical here, but it's just so that you can kind of get like a general understanding of how this works. And then as soon as the back in stock event triggers or the item gets back in stock, it triggers the flow. And then they start to go through all the emails that you get, which is great. So a couple of different ways that you can set up this back in stock, because I've done this a few times for the clients that we work with. So the initial email is obviously letting the client know or the customer know, hey, this item is back in stock. Usually what we'll do internally too is we will, um, depending on how many products that you're actually selling, how many SKUs you have, you can create a special back in stock flow for each particular item. So then that way you can personalize the email and say, hey, this water bottle is back in stock and you can show all the colors, etc., whatever it is. However, if you have tons and tons of SKUs, you probably want to make this email a little more generalized than anything. Hey, that item you were looking for, it's back in stock. Make sure that you come and check it out and then lead them directly to the website. Now, the other thing that we've started incorporating or I've started incorporating for clients who have the back in stock flow is adding a couple of reminder emails in there too, so that these customers come back and they don't delay. Obviously mm-hmm. the item went back, went out of stock previously. And so it's very likely that the item will go out of stock again. And so rather than just sending them the one-off email, it's back in stock, good luck, see ya. It's, <laughs> it's more about, hey, this item is back in stock. Hey, this is the last time we're gonna remind you that this item is back in stock. And the only reason why you're receiving this email is because the item is still in stock. So that's the other thing is you wanna add some filters in those emails to make sure that those reminder emails don't send unless the item is actually still in stock. Because again, if you're one of those companies that struggles with inventory, things fly off the shelves with no problem, it's very likely that the second you send that back in stock email, you'll run out of stock. And then the other two emails are irrelevant. So just making Mm -hmm. sure that you're adding those filters and those conditions in there so that those emails don't go out in vain. Now, we have seen extremely wonderful results with a flow like this. Typically, the back in stock flow is actually generating the highest revenue per per recipient of any other flows and actually has outperformed in the past the revenue per recipient for the second best flow by almost 75%. Message open rates are over 50% which is nearly double the results of the next best flow that we typically have in a strategy. Wow! And the reason for that is because we're sending extremely targeted emails directly to people who are most interested in a specific product. Mm -hmm. So it's, almost borderline the same idea as the abandoned cart where you're sending a triggered email based on something that the customer has shown legitimate interest in. Same, a little bit similar to the browse abandonment as well, but the back in stock is even more successful because the customer has specifically reached out to your brand, obviously indirectly through the website and said, I want you to tell me when this item is back in stock so I can purchase it, is basically what they're telling you. Mm -hmm. So the second you send that email out, they're going to fulfill more often than not the promise that they made, which is once you tell me it's back in stock, I'm coming back to purchase it. So this is just a really, in my head anyways, the most logical flow to create in one of these later stages. Again, especially if you struggle with inventory because the open rates are super high and more often than not, you will convert your customers in these emails because again, you're sending a very, very targeted email directly to people who are most interested in the specific product. It's dead easy to make the sale. Yeah. And a lot of customers, not a lot of customers, but I know some brands who are actually using this back to stock flow just to create a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. They might even have enough inventory, but they want people to want that product, you know? So I think Roosevelt is doing that and... um, 
that's one of their best performing flows as well. Another perk of that back to stock flow is that you can actually, depending on how you set it up, of course, but you can actually grow your subscriber list by adding that email opt-in mm-hmm. under under the product. So this is like another option for you people who want to grow your list. And I think we all want. And one perk that personally, like we used for our brand, me and my husband, is that when you like enable that sign up thing, you can reuse that same information. If you are like most retailers, you're probably using Facebook and Instagram ads. So you can integrate your back in stock app with actually with Facebook Pixel. And then you can run super, super highly relevant ads that will be targeting specifically your back in stock subscribers. Interesting. Yeah. So you probably have noticed like sometimes when you go to website and you're looking for like this specific shoes or that specific socks and then you're starting to seeing those like socks or that specific shoes like everywhere on Instagram on Facebook. So yeah, guys, if you are using Facebook and Instagram ads back in stock, app as a great thing so just like connect the two and you will see big big returns yeah the Mm -hmm. back in stock flow is one that uh i try to pitch to some of our clients and they're like no i don't need it and i'm like think think again (laughs) think again honey (laughs) yeah another important um flow that we usually have to pitch to our clients as well is the sunset flow yeah so what is sunset flow and why do we need them why do we need this flow so despite your awesome product despite your top-notch marketing and your beautiful emails the reality is many people will stop opening your emails at some point and that's unfortunately a very natural process so those folks they will likely not be buying from you anytime soon if they don't open any of your emails so why paying for them being on your list at all because i don't know about the platform that you are using but if you're using clavio you are paying for all of your active subscribers yeah so even if you don't send emails to that person regularly if they are still considered your active subscribers you're still paying for them besides continually sending those emails to subscribers who never open or click your emails as just signals to email providers like gmail hotmail yahoo that hey this guy is not a reputable sender be careful with this sender and eventually you will end up in spam folder that's not something that that you want i'm sure so to avoid this you might must regularly clean your email list. And basically you need to delete slash suppress those inactive subscribers. But before you give up on those people, why not give them one last chance to remain a subscribers on your list? And that's why we actually have the so-called sunset flow. So what is sunset flow? Unlike your Win back flow, a sunset flow typically targets people who has never or either never purchased from you before or they purchased from you like very long time ago. So basically, this is someone who signed up for your messages, like regardless of whether they purchase or not, they are just on your list. They somehow got into your list, but at some point they stopped interacting with your emails. So also unlike WinBack Flows, Sunset offers a very like last chance for your customers to keep receiving those messages from you. If customer don't respond, click or open to one of those emails, to one of those Sunset Flow emails, they will be automatically 
automatically suppressed or removed from your list. And technically, yes, you can be doing it manually every month, but because it's such a tedious task, there is a high likelihood that you will not be doing it frequently. You will postpone it. You will not do it properly. That's why we like to automate this process of list cleaning with Sunset Flow. So we are all for automation here at Flowium. So that's why we recommend to be doing this um, tedious process through Sunset Flow. Yeah. And actually, if you are using Clavio, they do have really awesome native built-in flow templates for Sunset Flow. So just you can just use it or I'm sure you can Google, there's a lot of information about the specific filters and like how to set it up. So yeah, so just make sure that you give that customers one last chance to interact with your brand before you like delete them, before you suppress them, before you basically remove them from the number, numbers of subscribers that Clavio uses to charge you for your monthly fee. So what to send, like what, what are the typical emails that we are sending in that um, sunset flow. So the first email is usually the just like an hello, we're still here kind of email, very similar to Winback Flow. Um, so this is an email confirming that they still want to be subscribed. If they opened that first email, they exit the sunset flow and they go back to other flows. Now, if they haven't opened the first um, email, they will receive email number two. And that email will, will try to win the win them back with some sort of offer. I know, Elisa, we are sort of using different strategies. I usually go with something like super big, with like big offer, sort of like a last resort, last chance to convert those people. And you usually go with something like a bit smaller, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I usually do like a tiny one because my the thing that I'm always like really relying on is just the subject line to get the person mm -hmm, just to mm -hmm. open the email versus anything else, which is usually what reassures the clients that I work with because they're like, right. I don't really want to offer a discount or a big one. And I'm like, it's fine. We'll offer like 5%. The thing that we're relying heavily on is that right. uh, that subject line for for an open really. Right. Yeah. Because for them to go back to the engage segment all they need to do is just open your email. They don't even need to do anything else. They don't need to purchase anything from you. They don't need to click on the call to actions button, just opening the email. That's why the emphasis always should be on the subject line in this specific case. Yeah, I agree with you, Alisa. But I can also see how both of these strategies can benefit your client because mm -hmm. I personally see a big, very high conversion rates for this flow just because we offer such a high discount usually in this offer. So this is sort of like a last resort for them. So yeah, you should you should definitely definitely be based on your overall branding on your overall strategy. Yeah. So anyways, email number two, try to win the back with some sort of offer. And email number three, give them like a reminder and the last chance to interact with your brand. Even in subject line, you can say something like, hey, this is your like last chance. Uh, you will be automatically unsubscribed after this email. So this email should be your very last communication with the client if they don't open it they will be automatically unsubscribed from your list well they will actually be automatically suppressed what does it mean to be suppressed when you suppress some accounts in Clavio, it doesn't mean that you necessarily delete them they just become inactive you are not paying for that accounts in Clavio, but yet you still have access to all of their information about the profile you still see when this person purchased what sort of emails they open you still have them for like data collecting purposes that's why 
why we we prefer to suppress accounts versus deleting them. You are not paying for it anyway, so why not why not keep it as well? So yeah, so Sunset Flow, one of my favorite flows for keeping list clean and and neat. We do recommend it for everyone, no matter how big or small your list is. Again, the beauty of the flows is that you set it up once and they work for you. So why not Why not have it? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's funny because whenever I say sunset flow, clients are always like, what? What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's like, very, sounds very romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's the list hygiene. We're not romanticizing with your customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you have it, guys. This was part two of how to start sending emails that drive sales on autopilot. Again, if you didn't get to listen to part one, which was last week's episode, episode number 31, please make sure you check that out because those are like the crucial kind of like bread and butter of your email automations. Whereas these last four that we just went through are going to be what's just going to kind of take your email marketing strategy to the next level. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure you don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. If you find it helpful for you, I'm sure your friends will find it equally as helpful. If you are interested in getting some more advice on how to establish a solid email marketing strategy for your e-commerce store, please make sure that you visit us at flowium.com contact and sign up for a free consultation. You'll be able to talk to someone in our company who will be able to kind of give you an idea of where you're at in your email marketing strategy and then what your next steps should be. And again, it's totally free and totally worth it because if I was an e-commerce brand owner, I would definitely take advantage. (laughs) So make sure that you check it out. Yeah, and all of the links, all of the episodes that we mentioned in this episode, uh, they will be uh, linked in the description box below. So don't, don't, don't forget to check the description box. Okay, so next week, next week we have a really awesome guest from a company called Smile.io. We talked about Smile a lot in our podcast, and this is like a loyalty, loyalty program. And um, next week we will be talking about the ways on how to boost your customer lifetime value with a loyalty program. We'll also discuss some ideas for Flow. Uh, We'll discuss all of the cool case studies that they have. So definitely, definitely come back next week. I'm super excited about our next guy. And I hope that uh, this past two episodes were very useful for you. And next week, we will be talking about something even a bit more advanced. So come back next week for sure. Yeah, love it. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to claim your free ebook and learn how to drive conversions with UGC in 2024. From fresh ways to use UGC on your website to revenue pooling email strategy. Discover actionable insights to master your UGC game in 2024. Stop missing out. Go to flowing.com slash UGC and download this ebook for free.